Welcome into this week's episode of Bills Pod Squad. Maddie Glad here with my wonderful co-host, Kim Pugula, also known as the Buffalo Bills owner and team president. We've got a really fun guest on today. Somebody who, I don't know, I feel like somebody who we may not normally have on this podcast. We have a lot of media members, a lot of players, coaches, um, some celebrities, and he kind of touches the realm of being a celebrity, especially when it comes to TikTok. So if you guys are interested in cooking, interested in steak or learning about it, this is the podcast that you want to listen to. Uh, but Kim, got to ask you first, you know, we're coming off a of bye week. We had a nice long weekend. I know your daughter, Jessie, got married and the pictures were absolutely beautiful. She looked stunning in her dress. And I love that all the dogs were at the wedding. Uh, but how did the wedding go? How was your long weekend? Are you are you happy it's over, sad it's over? Well, I, I'm not sure that it was a restful bye week. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was very, very busy, but everything went as planned. Um, it was a beautiful weekend. The weather cooperated. The dogs cooperated. Uh, and, and, you know, all the planning, all the work that you put into it, as, as Maddie, as you will find out, uh, you know, now or in the next few months, um, a lot of work and a lot of details go into it. But it, it came off flawlessly and it couldn't have been happier. I, you know what? I didn't. People ask me, did you get emotional? Did you cry? Honestly, I did not. And I don't know if it's because. It's been a long time coming and, you know, it was the late a year and they've been together for a long time. They live down the road. So maybe just one of those things. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole week, enjoyed the wedding. We had other events as well. Uh, so I just really enjoyed it. That's the one thing that other people told me um, as, as words of advice. And I would echo it back to you is just enjoy the whole moment. Enjoy the planning. Enjoy the day. Um, it's just, it's something to celebrate and don't be worried about all the things that might happen or not happen or, or worried about this, or that just, just enjoy the moment. And, um, I certainly did. So it was great. Wow. That is so wonderful to hear. I'm also in the middle of wedding planning. So I've definitely been asking Kim, uh, some questions, trying to get some tips from her because, uh, as you guys know, Kim is always busy and she doesn't sleep that much because she's involved in a lot of things. And to hear how involved you were in the wedding, when I asked you, I was like, Kim, you don't have time for this. What are you, what are you talking about? You're making these goodie bags for everybody. You're helping with signage. Um, But I'm sure it was fun to be a part of all of that. Yeah, no, it really was. And now that it's behind us um, and I felt like I haven't, you know, connected with you in a long time. I know it's only been one bye week, uh, but it seems like forever, uh, but excited to get back into, into reality, into the real world uh, and getting back into a, a home game. We haven't had one in so long. Um, so excited to be back at Highmark Stadium with our fans and with the team um, on another Sunday afternoon. Yeah, a Halloween home game that hasn't happened since well, are 2004, you, I believe. When we Are you dressing up? Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if I'm going to dress up. I don't think I will because, you know, it's, it is, it falls on Sunday. It falls on a work day for us. So no. I, I think I may go like business as usual. You know, we're not messing around here. We've got a game <laughs> to win and I'm not going to mess around with costume, but what, what do you, where do you fall on that? No, I've never been a costume you? person. I just, you know, just never been one that I know our players had a big, big party. And I guess there was uh, some, some really great costumes out there. I'm excited to see what the fans will come up with because 
let's face it, some of them have some great costumes throughout the whole year. It's not, not just on Halloween. So you can only imagine what it's going to look like on Sunday with a lot of our fans uh, going above and beyond for Halloween uh, as they do being a fan. Yeah, I'm definitely going to take time to look into the stands, uh, check out uh, people walking into the game, because I know our fans are going to be really creative when it comes to costumes. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, but let's get into our podcast. We had a great conversation with Jack Mancuso. He has more than 2 million followers on TikTok. He became well known for his cooking when it comes to steak and all types of meats. So you guys are gonna to wanna to listen to this one. We've got Jack Mancuso on with us. He is famous on social media and has more than 2 million followers. And you may think, okay, you know, what, what do I have 2 million followers? What, what's, what, what's the draw here? This guy knows all about food, steak, grilling, all types of meats. So we are going to trade secrets. Kim is going to trade some of her cookie secrets and Jack's going to trade some of the steak secrets on today. So uh, Jack, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Kim, you ready to talk yeah, about I food? I'm ready. To, I'm always ready to talk about food. You know that Maddie, but first I want to talk about Jack moving back to Fairport, New York, my hometown, very uh, close and near and dear to me. So I'm really excited about that. And as you can tell, Jack, from your background there, you probably haven't done a lot of moving in yet. <laughs> I don't even think I, there's anything on your shelves. I see I see a painting yeah. kind of on the side. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty empty. Uh, we're, you know, the COVID delays. So we don't have a couch yet, actually, in our family room. So we've been sitting on the ground. <laughs> but uh, besides that, just, yeah, a lot of unpacking. I've only been here eight days so far. So, yeah, not fully moved in yet. But I'm super glad to be back in upstate New York. Well, you have good timing because your skill set really fits in with tailgating, football, fall. I don't know a better time for someone like you to be moving back east. Um, with all the things that you can do at a tailgate and really excited to to as Maddie said trade secrets with you but I don't know that they're really secrets I just want to just want to learn from you because I am a foodie as well and you are so young to be having that many followers so you must have some amazing meat amazing food um, and do some amazing things thank you yeah I'm, I'm happy to tell you guys all about everything and most likely will be cooking for you guys someday but uh, oh my gosh yes a lot of people are calling me crazy for moving back at this uh time of the year right before winter but I was like I don't know I think this is the perfect time this is like early on in football season and I'm ready to tailgate this is what I do so before we get to the grilling uh so how did you become a Bills fan that's what I'd like to know I think our listeners would like to know as well obviously you grew up in this area uh, you know, is was there a, a memorable game for you that really cemented your your fandom? So I have I mean, I grew up in upstate, I mean, Rochester area in Victor, actually. So, I mean, everyone around here is always Bills, Bills, Bills. And I went to a bunch of Bills games as a kid growing up. That was pretty much the only pro football games I've been to until I was like 20. So, I mean, it was just very natural for me to be a Bills fan being from the area. And my whole family is from the area as well. My father, my grandfather. 
I mean, what do you think of this year's group? We're really the last couple of years. This is the time to have jumped on the bandwagon. At this point, if you're jumping on, you're almost too late. But the last couple of years has been a great time to be a Bills fan and, and cheer for a team that has had some struggles in, in, in years past trying to get to the playoffs. And, and they've made that a year to year thing. And now the talk is making it to the Super Bowl after last year, they made it to the AFC championship game. So what do you think of the squad that we've got with Sean McDermott as our head coach? I think it's unbelievable. Cause I mean, my whole life, the bills have never been as good as they are right now. So I think right when I was born, they were super good around 95, but they are, yeah, they're looking really good. I got a lot of confidence in the team. I mean, we're just blowing out team after team, it seems like. So I'm pretty excited about it. Last year, we had a really good run. I mean, there's nothing to be disappointed about, but I think we got to go. We got to go for it all this year. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm excited to see where this team goes and, and what happens the next couple of weeks. Because, I mean, if we remember back to last year, after the bye week, after that, Hail Mary loss that is still so hard for a lot of us to think yeah. about. They had a bye week and then they won six straight games. So I wonder if they're going to do that again this season. But let's let's start talking about what you do and what you make your living on. It's it's cooking and uh, cooking steak is kind of your expertise. I know uh, the Bills coined you the grill master of the Buffalo Bills and you got a really cool jersey that said grill master on the back and you actually got to, to uh, grill some Wagyu steak in Highmark Stadium, which is, yeah, check that off the bucket list. But <laughs> when did you start cooking? When did you realize, oh, I can cook a steak and it tastes good? Like, how did this all come about for you? Um, so I was living with a house of guys in college and I don't know, a lot of them weren't too competent when it came to grilling outside and cooking food. So I figured I'll be the one to try to learn how to work a grill really well so eventually I was cooking up most of our meals for me and my group of friends and the guys we live with and uh eventually we graduated and they're like oh man I miss your cooking so I'd send them pictures and videos of what I made and then I had a couple people who were in like a group chat I had a couple people who say like oh you should start posting doing this stuff because I followed some pages where people were cooking steaks and stuff and I was like, yeah, you know what? I guess I could give it a shot. Start off like not too serious. I never expected it to blow up like it did. It kind of was a pleasant surprise. I mean, it's just crazy how life works because I just quit my mechanical engineering job, which is a great job to cook steaks and barbecue on the internet, you know? Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. Living the dream right now. I can't complain. <laughs> So, you know, a lot of, you know, chefs are classically trained. Obviously, you said you, you, it sounds like you were a little bit more just, you know, trained yourself by experience. Um, you know, so usually you have to cook a lot of steak. So, I mean, you must have had a lot of friends and you must have been yeah. cooking a lot because some of the stuff I see on your, on your TikTok account there looks like you've been cooking for a long time and have been trained to do so. So what, you know, what, how did you learn on your own? It was a trial and error or did you at least take one cooking class? <laughs> <laughs> no, no cooking classes. So oh my I, goodness. I, wow. I am, I'm not a chef. I am There's no hope for all of us. This <laughs> way of thing. We can all become TikTok masters when it comes yeah. to steak. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. But we can all become <laughs> grill masters. I'm serious though. We could, but no, I am not a chef. I've had 
people uh, ask about that all the time because my name was Chef Cuso. Like I said, it started, didn't start too soon. It started as a joke kind of between me and my friends, but no, that's why you'll see in my bio, it says not a chef because I've never taken any sort of cooking classes or nothing like that at all. I learned how to cook basically by trial and error, practicing new stuff, watching videos on YouTube and uh, yeah, figuring out what tasted good and then slowly got better and better at it. I do a lot of experimenting, so I try to have fun with it at the same time. All right, so since steak is your thing, you know, there's there's a big controversial conversation around, you know, what's the perfect way to cook a steak? What's the perfect temperature or way to eat it at? You know, I'm I'm a medium rare fan. I don't know if you'd agree with that. I would guess so. Yeah. 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 What do you Definitely. say to people who like to eat their steaks well done or medium well? Um, I don't want to disrespect anybody, but <laughs> the podcast, at least. I like to crack jokes in my videos. You, you'll see. But um, yeah, I think you just need to have an open mind. Maybe eat it with a blindfold on if you're scared of the red on there because it's a world of difference in flavor and juice, like the juice content that is actually in the steak when it's cooked medium rare. There's so much more juices and flavor in that steak compared to kind of chewing on like a leather boot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'd say I would say the best way to cook a steak would be, well, for beginners and for anyone really, it would be a reverse sear where you basically use indirect heat at a lower temp to sear it up. I do this on one of my smokers. I'll have it on indirect heat. I'll bring the steak up to about 125 internal temp. And then I'll take it off, let it sit for like 10 minutes and then sear it super hot on the grill or a cast iron pan and get that crust at the end as well. Because that crust is where a lot of the flavors are at. Well, another thing that many people that eat steak and grill uh, debate about is, is the type of fire you're using. Are you a charcoal, gas, wood fire? Like, you know, the, the preparation, right? That's that's what yeah. the secret is, the preparation. So it starts with the heat. What's your, what do you typically like to grill with? Well, I, I'm a big advocate for smokers, like wood pellet smokers. So you're basically grilling with wooden pellets. So it's wood, I guess. And then I also like searing, when I'm searing stuff on top of charcoal. I actually don't, I got eight grills at my house, maybe nine right now, but only one of them is gas, and that's because it's like a fire pit that you shoot uh, flames up to the music, but you can put a grilling attachment on it. So I try to steer clear of gas grills just to avoid any gas flavor on there, but I'm definitely a charcoal guy. It's more work for searing charcoal, but uh, it's worth the work. I think so. Yeah, I, I'm, not a, I'm not very patient, and so I, I've got like this humongous gas fire grill that I just like turn on and basically end up charring it <laughs> to death. I'm not, uh, I just don't have the patience for that indirect heating, although I know that's the best way to keep the, your, uh, your meat tender, but um, I have, I just don't have any patience, Maddie. Yeah. I, I feel like when I try and cook steak, like it'll be good every like fifth time. And then every other time besides that, I'm like, oh, it's so undercooked or like dang it, it's already like medium well. So it's been not easy for me to get it perfect in terms of like the right amount of red on your steak. Yeah, so I feel like the one thing that everyone should have is a meat thermometer. 
uh, the one you can keep in the meat while you're cooking so that you never overcook it. If you have a meat thermometer, I have one that like connects to my phone so I can watch it on my phone from inside while it's cooking outside. And you can monitor that temp perfectly because I always tell people to always cook by temp and not time. That's how you're going to end up with that perfect medium rare every single time and might as well use all the tools at your disposal. So meat thermometer is key. I like it. What is, what's the favorite thing or favorite meal that you've ever prepared or cooked? Ooh, um, that is a good one. I like, I'm a big tomahawk ribeye guy, but, uh, just cause it's flashy. But, um, I would say probably this recent, I don't know if you saw, but I posted a recent Wagyu surf and turf video where I took some Japanese A5 Wagyu filet mignon and I cooked them up in a skillet. And then I split down two lobster tails, cooked them in that Japanese A5 Wagyu fat in the same skillet and then added herbs and lemon to that. And then made a pasta on the side, very cheesy. And <laughs> I love my cheese, even though I'm lactose intolerant, you just gotta tolerate it sometimes. Uh, yeah, that's uh, probably surf and turf would be my all-time favorite meal for sure. Nice. Well, what's for someone my age who's not as, you know, I'm not on TikTok all that much, although I do have an account, Maddie, where I look so I can just kind of, you know, check in, but nobody knows that it's me type of thing. I've never posted a TikTok video. So how do you go from being an engineer to making a living cooking steak and showing videos to everyone. That's the part I, I don't get about social media, Maddie. Like how you make a life and a career out of that. It's, it's great, crazy. I think it's great, it's but <laughs> so, I mean, how do you, what's your day like now that you're a TikTok girl master? I, I don't know what to call you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to call myself anymore. <laughs> but uh, I started in the beginning of COVID, just when that's when I really started posting a lot. And then I first saw, saw those some of those videos going viral when I was, cause I was like one of the first people to start voicing over their videos. And I try to make it pretty funny and entertaining. So that people are like, okay, this is not, not just a, your average cooking show. It's like, it's actually like funny. So it keeps you wanting to come back. And my, one of my first viral videos ever was the upstate New York food, uh, pizza logs. I got like 3 million views. And then once I hit that, I was like, okay, it's a crazy feeling when something blows up like that. You're like, okay, you kind of get hooked. And then I started cranking out videos and it slowly, well, not so slowly. I, it grew pretty fast. Um, it was a hobby. It was just a hobby while I was working. And then eventually like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, all right, I need to call my day job quits. Cause do this is basically full two full-time jobs now. And it's a little overwhelming. So I'm going to do the one that I love doing. Well, so what is it? Go oh, ahead, Kim. Oh, no, we have a game this weekend. So kind of walk us through what your your tailgate pregame, you know, day looks like. So I believe it or not, I haven't been to a Bills game because I've been gone in the past eight years. So I'm new. I'm very excited, but I'm new to this. Oh, wow. Kim, maybe at... you should give him some tips. He needs some wow. tips from you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, I, no, I can bring the dessert. I don't know that that I can help him with the grilling part. So I'll just bring the dessert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can trade. That sounds like a deal. <laughs> but no, I think I'm showing up because I got to leave here around seven, and then showing up. I'm doing a uh, cooking at the Jim Kelly's tailgate by by the field house, I believe, and then. Okay. 
Yeah. And they're hanging out and then going to the game, which I'm very excited about because, like I said, it's the first Bills game I've been to in person in the past like eight years. So I can't wait. That's a lot of pressure cooking for Jim Kelly. Yeah. And you just you just said it so nonchalantly. I'm cooking yeah. at Jim Kelly's tailgate. So you know that you've made it when you can say a sentence like that as a Bills fan, like no big deal. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm excited about it. I don't know if I'll be cooking for him personally, but I, I mean, probably, though, I'm not sure. Like I said, it's been a while, but yeah, I'm definitely very excited for the game, the tailgate especially, but the overall all of Sunday, I'm very pumped. And it's the Halloween game. So that's pretty yeah. cool. So we're leading up to Sunday, but I want to know what your week looks like now that you've called it quits on your day job and are now turning uh, your cooking into your day job uh, and what you've really grown such a following for doing. What does it look like for you? I mean, do you sit down on Sundays or on Saturdays and are kind of like, okay, here's what I'm going to make for the week. Here's what I'm going to film for the week, or here are some recipes that I'm going to test out and see if they work. And if they do, I'll, I'll film myself cooking them. Like, what does this all look like for you in terms of planning and how you're executing everything? Yeah, totally. So right now I'm actually still training my replacement at my old company. So I got till next Wednesday is when I'm fully done with my day job. But, uh, Normally I have like certain ads I have to post on certain days, like sponsored posts. I wouldn't say ads, but like where I'm incorporating a brand's product into my posts. And so those ones are more scheduled. And then the rest is like free reign. I get to do what I want. I'll maybe see something that comes like, looks really cool that I want to make this week. And I write everything out, schedule everything out. I know I normally try to film in the mornings so that I could get daylight. Cause I'm normally outside grilling and, once it gets dark, all the footage kind of just goes downhill pretty quick. Um, <laughs> so then I'll bring it inside. But yeah, it's pretty much cooking and then editing and posting and like writing out captions and trying to write out some of the recipe as well. And then, yeah, starting, uh, I started my own like merch, merch brand where we also sell like knives and cutting boards. So doing that's a lot, doing that's a lot of work as well as just trying to figure everything out. Wow. So, I mean, I think a lot of people may scroll by your videos and think like, this is really cool. And like, I can learn something from this, but what I'm hearing is like, it probably takes a lot longer to film something and cook something than people may think it does. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. It takes a lot longer to film. I mean, cook to do, just cook a normal dinner takes a lot longer because you have to film it. And sometimes by the time you get to your steak or whatever you're making, it's not even hot anymore. So you have to reheat it a little bit, but I always, I always sneak in some bites while it's still very fresh, but that's why sometimes I like to just not record and enjoy the food in the moment, especially if I have like a bunch of people coming over for dinner. Cause that happens a lot where people want to come over for dinner. <laughs> you know, I love having people over for dinner and cooking for people, especially at my own home. So yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a lot more work than, it looks like. Well, I like to know just your opinion. So Josh Allen, what kind of steak do you think he would like? <laughs> I he would does. say I would say he's he's kind of he's like a farm boy. He's from the Fres Far Fireball area of California, which is pretty south of where I lived. I would say he would go for a tomahawk ribeye as well. My okay. 
just because it's a flashy, big hunk of meat, you know, and it's, it's almost primal when you're just holding the bone and you got the steak up top. I, I would agree with you. What about, uh, what about Stefan Diggs? I would say a filet mignon with maybe a lobster tail on the side. Ooh. <laughs> a little surf and turf action. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm with you on, on two of those. Uh, what do you think, Maddie? Um, I like it. I, I think he's right on. Um, what would you say for Kim Pagula? Yeah. Mm. I would say maybe a porterhouse. Best of both worlds. You get the New York strip and the filet mignon in one. Okay, well, you had half of it right. I would, I pretty much choose a filet every time. A filet? But, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just, it's easy. It's usually the petite filet and I'm good. Yeah, it's tender. It's not too, it's not too filling. You don't get the meat sweats after eating a filet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I hate talking about people's failures, but I think it's interesting. Like with the amount of cooking that you do and probably the amount of things that you try, are there things that you try and you eat it and you're like, Oh, this is, I'm, we're not doing this again, or this was not a good thing. And what, I guess, what was maybe one of the most random things, because I would guess that you have to get pretty unique with your flavors with as how much you're, you're cooking. I looked on your TikTok the other day and you had something where you're cooking pork in a pumpkin and using like pumpkin butter and pumpkin spice. So oh, that's yeah. pretty out of this world. It, it looked so good. Um, and I'm sure it tasted so good, but what are some things that maybe have been misses? Yeah. The pumpkin smoked pulled pork was unbelievable. First off, start by saying that, but yes, there is a lot of times where I like to experiment a lot and try some crazy recipes such as that pumpkin pork, but uh, there's a lot of times where I can tell that it's just not going to be that great once I'm done. Like I've done, I have a dry aging fridge at my house where I like to try different dry age experiments basically. And I've done Nutella coated steak in the dry ager, leave it there for like 30, 45 days. Peanut butter. Right now I got a buffalo blue cheese one. I'm going to try that out. Got some crumbly blue all over it and then soaked it in buffalo sauce, like wrapped in cheesecloth. And it's, I just put it in the dryer last night. But yes, so failures. I tried deep frying a steak just to see how it would turn out. And I actually posted this failure a while back because I was like, all right, I can't only show my successes to people because then it's like the rest of social media where it kind of can be misleading and at times. So I was like, all right, we need to post some fails sometimes so I deep fried a steak and I didn't really I've never I didn't really know what I was doing and uh I took it out of the fridge I must not have let it come to room temp as much as I thought and must have had the oil too hot but it was literally like a gradient of gray well done on the outside all the way into raw on the middle it was a filet and it was just the grossest looking steak when I cut it open had to try it for the video but uh yeah I've definitely had some failures. There's no doubt about that. Do you cook something else besides steak? You know, how's your, your side oh, dish, yeah. your desserts? You cook chicken? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I cook pretty okay. things, meat, um, like steak, pork, seafood. I do a lot of barbecue, um, chicken as well. And then I, I make side dishes. I'll make pasta. I got a really cool mac and cheese video coming. I do a lot of surf and turf mac and cheeses as well, but um, it's a lot of sandwiches, but no, yeah, not only steak. I would say steak accounts for about 
a third of my videos. So the other two thirds are like sandwiches or side dishes or other proteins. Uh, I try to do some like cool seafood videos a lot too, just to just do like showcase, like get a larger audience of people because not everyone loves steak. So a lot of people love just salmon. So I'll do a lot of, try to incorporate a good amount of salmon videos in there as well. Because any, I'm just trying to grow the audience and make more happy than just the steak, steak, steak people, you know? How do you come up with, how do you come up with new ideas and new recipes? Because I mean, every week, I'm the person who goes to like the same 20 things that I know how to make and like will rarely mix it up. Maybe like when I have like a shot of inspiration, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this tonight and actually like do something different, which usually requires more time, which I'm lazy after work. So <laughs> yeah, how, do you, how do you get that inspiration? Where do you go to to look for new things? Because you're you're cooking so many different things and you're talking about Nutella rubbed steak and like peanut butter rubbed steak. Like, <laughs> Teach us your ways. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do, for example, with the dry aging experiments, you start off with one thing and then you're like, oh, what if I did it in this? What if I did it in this? What if I did it in blue cheese and buffalo sauce? For example, the recent one, then I also did a bourbon and maple syrup one I put in last night as well. So maple bourbon dry aged steak, which I think I'm excited about that as well. But yeah, I think once you get one idea, you can do a lot of spinoffs of the same thing like a salmon pinwheel, like where you take a whole filet of salmon and fill it with like a cream cheese chive kind of like green interior. And you can just do all types of combos with that. And I definitely get a lot of inspiration from other videos I see in the internet, as well as just strolling through the supermarket and looking around and thinking, what can I do with this? What can I do with that? You know? So what's, what's next for you? You talked about, you know, having uh, some merchandise that you're going to be selling. I mean, I don't know where you live. Do you, are you going to, do you raise your own, your own cattle? Do you, <laughs> you, know, you, you never know. Um, you can have a cookbook coming out. I, I know you just said you still have to, to have your day job here for another few days, but um, you know, just aspirationally as you go forward in this new venture, you know, where, where would you like to see your path end up being? So I would, I don't know. I, I don't think I would raise cattle. I think that there's a lot of work as well. I wouldn't even have time to film videos, but I, I do see a lot of potential in going toward the, as my new knife comp, knife cutting board and cutlery company, see a lot of potential in that, which we started, which start launches pretty soon. My merchandise company has been doing very well in the past month. I think it was like a month ago we launched. Um, and then I would also, I don't know, I think maybe someday I could open a restaurant, Cuso Steakhouse, Cuso Barbecue, I'm not sure, but that's another tough business to get into. But I would rather, I think e-commerce, there's a lot of, a lot of money to be made in e-commerce. So I think just selling things online, just making a brand out of my brand is what I would ideally like to do. I'll, I also have Cuso's, like my barbecue rubs coming out. I oh, think nice. Okay. So basically just selling products as well as not just making videos, you know, I don't want to just only be making videos. I want to have different streams of what I'm doing. So you can bring Jack home with you with his dry rubs and it tastes just like what, what Jack's cooking at home without any other work. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, can, you can follow the directions in a video and boom. 
There you go. That's what you need, Maddie. I know, right? It seems like you've like really taken advantage of <clears throat> this at the right time, like in the age of TikTok and <laughs> excuse me, when we all went into lockdown and in COVID, I mean, everybody was on TikTok and doing different things. And I don't know why I have tickle in my throat, but it's so cool to see how you've been able to really make a name for yourself in that avenue and um, on social media. But <clears throat> Kim is a pretty good baker when it comes to cookies. So how's your cookie game? Oh, I am a cookie rookie, you could say. Uh oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Good, good pair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've made too many cookies. So I think Kim definitely's got me beat on that. All right. Okay. So we got to figure out, it's kind of like a wine pairing, but we'll have to do a steak and cookie pairing at some point and see which which dessert yes. works, works best with, uh, with certain cuts of meat. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's a good idea. So as we, as you've been growing up, like you said, being a following the bills, uh, you know, and now that you're back in town and you can come to every game and every tailgate, uh, you know, where our team is right now, how are you incorporating your fandom for the Buffalo bills into what you're doing now? Obviously you're wearing bills, mafia gear on, on our podcast right now, but, uh, but how do you bring the fandom and your love for Western New York and the football team to what you do on a regular basis and, and to your uh, to your listeners, your viewers out there on TikTok? So I don't know if you I wear Bill's gear and all the time out of my videos. Yeah, yeah, a lot of I either wear Bill's gear or my own merch. And that's pretty much it in my videos. <laughs> but I would say. I'm trying out new recipes such as that buffalo uh, blue cheese stuff. I have an aged steak I got in the dry age right now. Um, try to do some local favorite recipes for sure. But yeah, I just think incorporating the buffalo upstate New York in general community and recipes because there's a lot of good food in this area. Yeah, it is. From Fairport as well. I want to do a garbage plate video. At <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. There you go. Well, I know that Josh Allen has an ice cream named after him. So maybe, you know, somewhere down the road, you can you can have some kind of a meal or a dish named after. Maybe not Josh. Maybe it's another one of your favorite players. Uh, maybe it's our head coach. But, you know, just giving you some yeah. inspirational ideas. Yeah. Back there. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like that idea. I like that too. I think a good way to maybe end off this podcast or finish up is, you know, you blew up over the course of like a year. I know you said you really started um, when COVID hit. Um, so you've grown a big following in a short amount of time. What's your advice to people who are maybe scared to follow their dreams um, like you so bravely did and are now, you know, moving on to making this your full-time job and then what's your advice to people who are also scared to take some risks in the kitchen? Oh, well, in the, in the kitchen, I think you just got to go for it. I mean, you just got, you'll never know if you don't try. And that's what I tell people who ask me all the time about as far as like social media advice or like they want to start a brand or they want to get their music out there or like whatever they, if they do arts or they have a different hobby, I say I'd say once you start, I would say just put yourself out there because if you don't ever try, you're never going to find out. So 
just like what I did, I started just posting consistently. And if times like you don't see any growth, maybe start changing it up and change the structure of what you're doing. But um, yeah, I just think as long as you're persistent and you take note of what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong, and you actually just go for it, I think you can make whatever you want happen, happen. Well, so you represent cool. Bill's Mafia so well, Jack, uh, on social Thank media and, and now live in person at our game. So looking forward. I know where the tailgate is, so <laughs> bye. Yeah, I'll see you guys Sunday for sure. Yeah, looking forward to it, Jack. Thank you so much for coming on with us and uh, spilling so much knowledge when it comes to cooking and things on social media. TikTok, the official grill master of the Buffalo Bills. Love that tag name that you got now. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at uh, Jack Mancuso on YouTube and then Chef Cuso on Instagram and TikTok. I love it. Go ahead and give him a follow. It's definitely worth it. And some really cool content, Jack. Thank you so much. You, uh, we'll see you this season. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me on. And yeah, I'll hopefully see you guys this weekend and you'll definitely be trying some of my food now that I live here. All right. Great. Thanks, Jack. So, Kim, we know we're coming off of this bye. We've got a game against the Miami Dolphins, which we talked about a little bit in the intro, but I kind of want to look even past this game, which I know is not the best thing to do, but kind of look bigger picture down the road at the rest of the season that we have. So we've got a pretty early bye week, which um, Leslie Frazier, when he talked to media this week, you know, he was asked, do you like an early bye week? Do you like a late bye week? And he said, at this point in my career, I've had bye weeks all across the spectrum of week six to week 14. You know, you appreciate it when it comes, because when it comes, you're usually ready for a break by then. But last week, last year's bye week came at the perfect time uh, because the team suffered a pretty tough loss to the Arizona Cardinals, that Hail Mary loss that we still see in commercials now today, which I absolutely hate. Um, <laughs> but after that, they went on a tear and they won six straight games. So we've played six games and we've got 11 games left and, and hopefully more than that uh, in terms of playoffs and, and a run at the Super Bowl. But how do you think this team could fare uh, coming out of this bye week, looking towards the rest of the season, you know, Sean McDermott is 4-0 after the bye week. Well, that's, I mean, that's some good stats there to fall back on. I, I am a little disappointed, despite the fact that I used the bye week to, to marry off my daughter. Um, it does come, does come a little bit early for me. We didn't have a lot of injuries um, at this time. So, you know, usually sometimes the bye week is, is helpful to get guys back into the lineup. Um, and we've got an extra game this year, which we haven't had in the past. So it's going to be a long stretch of games for us. And then, like you said, if we go into the postseason, um, it'll be a lot of wear and tear on our guys. So um, I am, but I think that this has been a resilient bunch. I think, um, you know, everyone on that team knows what's at stake and they embrace it too. The expectations that are on them, I know we talked about this earlier, you know, kind of worried about that coming into the season is something new for, for a lot of our guys um, with all the attention uh, that we had before the season even started uh, from last season, but they've really embraced it and, and this is where they want to be. They want to have those expectations and meet them. So um, again, going to put my faith. And in uh, Coach McDermott and the rest of the staff and, and our players that they will find a way to get it done. Yeah, it's a good place and uh, good people to put your faith in, I would say, because uh, this group is a special group. 
from an owner's perspective, I know, you know, we're in week eight and it's kind of, you know, in the grinded out part of the season, we're in the middle of the season, uh, getting through week to week, uh, for an owner, does the middle of the season change at all for you guys? Or as you start going into the end of the season, are there things that you're already starting to look forward to, or would you say it's similar to the team in that, you know, this is really the, the meat part of the season where, uh, we're in the middle of it and, and there's a lot going on. Yeah, this is kind of, as you call it, the meat of the season. This is where you're going to really trudge through that, that if you can get over this, this hump over the next few weeks, um, I think, you know, everyone talks about, you know, you, you build the team, you know, to be in the off season, you want to peak at the right time. And so managing that, um, this is that important time. And, you know, but you kind of start, for me, you start looking down the road because you've got games under your belt especially those are, you know, teams that are in our division, um, like Miami that we're playing this week, you already played them once, you know, you start looking at what other people's, you know, other teams, you know, their wins, their losses, who they play. And so you start, you know, slowly trying to, you know, wishful thinking, planning ahead. Um, and you, you get, you have more information under your belt uh, to see how maybe that path for you lies. Um, so I, I think it's a little bit more of looking at uh, what the rest of the league is doing. Again, we've seen some big upsets um, of teams with high expectations that have had some losses. Um, and we've seen other teams, you know, really come out of the gate um, and stayed up there. So it's still very much up in the air. Can't take anything for granted, as we all know, in the NFL. Um, but this is really, we got to, you know, get through these next, I'm going to say probably next five, six weeks. And then you kind of, then you can kind of, I, I don't know, kind of see what, where that path is. Um, and hopefully it's, it's an easy path near, near the end of the year. Yeah. The bills are one of those teams that has that early buy. And so you come off of the early buy and you kind of look ahead and it's like, dang, we got a, a big chunk of the season left here. So we've got to stay healthy and um, maybe use some of the different games as pseudo buys. I know we play on Thanksgiving. So who knows, the guys may have a couple days off after that Thanksgiving game, but um, definitely in the middle of it, in the thick of it, um, and looking forward to to what's ahead for these guys. And it's nice to know that after the bye week, they still rank so high in so many different statistical, statistical categories um, from offense to defense. So good to see them kind of hang onto the lead in a lot of different ways. So, And, and I've always been impressed when we have had a loss. Um, our guys have bounced back. They've, they've taken those losses, whether it was our, you know, the first game of the year against the Steelers, or, you know, I don't even remember, you know, what we played Tennessee game yeah, right. so far away. Uh, but, um, but, you know, taking that loss and like you talked about last year with Arizona. So this team has found ways to use losses, to learn from them, to fuel them for, for future games. So that's what I'm expecting from them this, uh, for this game. Yeah, definitely. We'll see how it all unfolds on Sunday at one o'clock, a Halloween game against the Dolphins and then a lot more to come from this team, a lot more to come from us. So make sure you guys stay tuned for next week's episode of Bill's Pod Squad. Thanks for being a listener for the whole season or, or being a new listener. We definitely appreciate it. Thanks, everyone.